occult crimes, paranormal investigations, urban legends, and strange happenings. Welcome to Myths, Magic, and Murder. Hey, welcome back to Myths, Magic, and Murder. This is episode 40. I'm Abby. I'm Kate, and we'll be your ghostesses at night. This time, we're recording at 10pm. Sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. Have a spooky evening. To us only. I don't know what time everybody else is listening. Yeah, if you're listening in the morning, then this isn't for you. (laughs) Night dwellers only. (laughs) What are you covering today, Kate? I will be telling you about the Mongolian death worm. That's really exciting. I am... So excited to learn about a death worm. Don't know what it means. I imagine it as the Alaskan bullworm from Spongebob. I knew you would. In my head, it's huge. Don't know how big it really is. I'm talking about Bessie. Nessie's sweet American cousin. Aww. Sort of. We'll get into it. Well, yeah, I should hope so. Otherwise, this whole episode has already been for nothing. Before we do, though, let me tell you about some weird news that I found. Go on. There is... A drive through haunted house in Tokyo now. That sounds exciting. Yeah, it's a drive through because obviously Corona, so everyone has to say stay socially distanced. But yeah, they come like, there are actors obviously, and they come right up to your windows and like zombies will attack the vehicles and like smear them with blood. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and they were sort of saying, because there was an interview, it was on uh, the Huffington Post. So they were saying, Obviously, we used to, like, scare people, but now we can actually get closer because there's, like, one pane of glass between us and them. Oh, yeah, because you can't touch anyone, can you, in a haunted house? Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And obviously, I think it's better for the actors because, obviously, we've all heard stories of people reacting badly when they're scared and just decking an actor. It's unpredictable. Yeah, but at the end, they uh, go from being normal zombies to helping wash all of the blood off of your car. That's really cute. Yeah, and it's a 13-minute performance. so I want to go. Horrific. We're not in Tokyo. We are not, unfortunately. <laughs> well, yeah, it's uh, the Scare Squad is the sort of English translated name for it. I'm not going to butcher the Japanese name. I wonder if we'll get anything like that over here. I doubt it, because I feel like, from what I've seen, Japanese horror is, like, huge, you know? But if you think about the English horrors that we have, there aren't that many. We have haunted houses, though, and they're not going to be able to open for Halloween, surely. True. So maybe that's the only way they'll be able to do it. But I think a lot of the haunted houses that we have are farms. That is true. Yeah, like, I've got Broadditch Farm. You have Farmageddon. Shout out to Farmageddon. <laughs> like... It does seem to be a recurring theme because I think they can use like the mazes as because they've got way more land. Like no one's really got that much land here and you can't have a throughout the year haunted house, really. A great portrayal of England is that all of our haunted houses are farms. Scary cattle. Woo, ghost sheep. Okay, I'm going to talk about <laughs> Bessie now because we've talked about this for long enough. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. So today I'm talking about Bessie. You've heard of Nessie. Now get ready for a similar but different lake monster. Oh. We'll all probably get attached to her by the end. Almost she, inevitably. She's also referred to as South Bay Bessie. And Big Bess. You can call her that if you so <laughs> wish. I don't have 
permission though. <laughs> My sources are cryptids with a z dot a two thousand eleven archive from Buffalo Rising, Patch Paranormal Files, Wikipedia, WeirdUS.com, Ozy.com, and RockTheLake.com. Don't rock the lake, baby. Rock the boat. <laughs> lake over. So Bessie is a creature in Michigan folklore, and she's thought to be in Lake Erie, which is why she's also sometimes called the Lake Erie Monster. She's got a lot of names. She's a busy gal. She is. She gets around. She does. It's the fourth largest lake in North America, so she's got plenty of space, so you don't need to worry about her. What's the largest lake? I think it might be Lake Michigan, but I don't know. Get your lake facts straight, lady. Sorry, I didn't go into this expecting full lake knowledge. Give me it. I want all of the background history. In what year was that lake formed by the Earth? Stop. (laughs) The history of lake monsters starts with the popular Scottish legend of Nessie, which we did an episode on a little while back. I absolutely love. What a babe. It was a really good episode, to be fair. What a gem. Love her. Big noodle. Shout out to Ness. Nessie was first rumoured to exist in 565 AD, but Bessie's thought to be a little bit younger than that. Just a baby. So she was first recorded in 1817, when a boat's crew spotted a 30 to 40 feet long grey serpent. And there have been an increase in sightings since then. I love that you say a little bit younger, like it's not a thousand years younger. I mean, she could have been there. (laughs) We just don't know. She could have been, true. Yeah, but Nessie could have been there longer. That is true. Goodness gracious, we've got some old lake monsters about, haven't we? Some absolute old fucking fish. Ancient eels going on. Ancient eels. That sounds like a show that I'd be really into. <laughs> You've heard of ancient aliens. Now get ready for ancient eels. So many sightings report Bessie in the same way. She's thought to be an extremely large snake creature, around 40 feet in length and about a foot in diameter. So she's essentially one huge noodle. Or a worm, if you want. Like those pool noodles you get? Yeah, like a huge pool noodle. (laughs) Welcome to this special worm episode of (laughs) Myths, Magic and Murder. We're all worm experts here. We're all worms here. She's also thought to be grey or blue, with red eyes and humps that stick out of the water as she swims. The same year that Bessie was first spotted, the crew of a different boat also saw her. Except they said that she was copper-coloured and around 60 feet in length, and they shot at her, but it had no visible effect. No! You leave Bessie alone. I mean, I'm not here for shooting big cryptid animals, but I understand that if you saw a 60-foot copper snake, it's an understandable explanation. What else are you going to do? Be like, oh, look at that. Copperhead snakes are absolutely quaking in their booth. There's a big noodle. Should we kill it? Giant pool noodle. Do we shoot? Again in that same year, French settlers encountered a huge monster on the on the beach. They described it as being 30 feet long and shaped like a large sturgeon, except that it had arms, which is kind of an entirely different description. That's not the same animal. There's some awful, awful things going on in that lake. Right? I also love the idea of a big snake noodle with little arms. I was imagining, like, Huge arms. Like human arms? (laughs) Yeah, like if it's scaled up, then so are its arms. Could you imagine if it was one big snake monster and it had big human arms, like massive ones with big biceps, and you just lifted something? That's what I'm imagining, yeah. Absolutely 
dench arms. Bessie's doing press-ups on the beach. <laughs> so the French people fled the scene, obviously, and when they returned later, the creature was gone, and all that was left was marks on the beach and silver scales. Oh. Another major sighting occurred in 1892, when the entire crew of a ship saw a large area of water ahead of them sort of foaming, like something was going to pop out. And as they approached, they saw what they described as a huge sea serpent that seemed to be wrestling about in the waters. They estimated it to be about 50 feet long, with its head sticking above the water, and it was said to have brown, sparkling eyes and a large fin. (laughs) Brown, sparkling eyes. There's a lot of romantic tension between the captain of the ship and Bessie. (laughs) Are they making Bessie a Tinder profile? They make her sound absolutely beautiful. She's 50 foot. Fair haired, brown, sparkling eyes. Just glistening in the water. <laughs> Great swimmer. <laughs> Strong swimmer. <laughs> Responds to Bessie, Big Bess. Huge biceps. Honestly, she sounds like a catch. <laughs> I'm kind of into it. How do I date Bessie? Bessie, can I get your number? <laughs> in 1983, a woman called Mary Landall went out on her front porch before dawn. The lake was all peaceful because it was so early. And then she heard a rowing sound and saw what looked like a boat to be capsized. So she went over to have a closer look. It was brown and around 40 feet in length. Mary quickly realized it was not a boat, but actually an animal. It had long... I've really had long eyes. (laughs) (laughs) This is why you don't do things at night. It had long eyes. It had one long eye. <laughs> it was just one long, giant, you know, the long eggs. <laughs> it's just like that. If you don't know what a long egg is. I think it was just long and it had an eye visible on the side of its head. Get onto Google and type in long egg. You You're will gonna, not be disappointed. You'll regret it if you Google long egg. <laughs> I like that this morning was like, this woman, sorry, was like, ah, good morning world. What a lovely day. The lake is peaceful. Oh, a capsized boat. Let's go have a look. <gasps> One long eye. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was a long animal with with a big eye on the side of its head. Also, it had a grin going up the side of its face and it was playing in the water, but it still frightened her. Oh, it was smiling. It was having a nice time. It was just a happy little plane in the, the beach. A happy little plane in the happy beach. Happy little dude. Stuart Little playing on the beach. Stop that. The sightings continued by fishermen and beachgoers, and by the 1990s, everyone was fascinated by Bessie, and national media grabbed hold of the story. A local marina owner named Thomas Solberg offered a reward of $100,000 for anyone who would capture Bessie alive. So ba- Bessie's got a big old bounty. My goodness. You At least it's Bessie. alive. Just alive. Yeah, well, Wikipedia said alive or dead, but every other source I had said alive. So, oh, dead. bring her in no matter the cost. I want to see this Bessie you <laughs> speak about. Also, I imagine her as like this big soft noodle, but there are a few reports of her attacking people. Oh my goodness, Bessie, no. So, in t- she's had enough. In 2001, uh, three people were bitten by a large unseen animal in the space of 24 hours. One of the victims was called Brenda McCormick, and she went for a swim in the evening when she felt a large chomp on the side of her right leg. She immediately panicked, obviously, Mm. and headed to the shore. And when she managed to get to dry land, she discovered a six-inch bite mark embedded in her calf muscle. 
That does not sound like Bessie. Here's why. First of all, she's nice. Second of all, six inches. You don't know. I love how much you love the sea ones. The water <laughs> I do. Ones. I love them. They seem nice. Huge pool noodle. That's not going to bite you. Is it because you just imagine a gentle snake? Yeah. But also, a six inch bite mark for this ginormous pool noodle. Well, we'll get to that. I know that you're thinking about her as a, a piece of peaceful linguine, but we'll get to it. <laughs> this vermicelli is far too nice. <laughs> She's far too polite. <laughs> Obviously, rumours kind of start about whether the piranhas are other kind of animals in the lake, but many speculated that a junior Bessie may have been close to the shore. Oh. Bessie Jr. Bessie's babies. Does that mean that Bessie has got a man with her in this lake and they copulated and now she has given birth in the lake to many mini Bessies. You go in that water and there are so many mini Bessies in there. You ain't want to be swimming around there. Well, it's possible that it could just be like a How big How is no one thing? noticing Bessie having sex? Straight up. I'm not here to talk about Bessie and what she does in every <laughs> time, honestly. It's not a Wattpad episode. No, I just... <laughs> I know she's beautiful, but I don't think we need to get into that tonight. The Tinder profile worked. For Kate, who's now fascinating about Bessie. Bessie, I love you. Return my calls. Anyway, yeah, so there could be a Bessie Jr. I think it's kind of like Bigfoot, where like he is, she is just one Bigfoot, Patty. But there could be one Bigfoot. We shouldn't record later. (laughs) She's one giant foot. That's it. No head, no arms. Just one big foot. But the species is the Bigfoot. Yeah. So like Nessie and Bessie and the others. Lessie. Tessie. Oh, we'll get to that. There's a there's a whole list I can go through at the end of you one. But basically that it could just be one species or like different types of species. So it might not be a junior Bessie as in Bessie's actual baby, but it could be like one of the species. There could be like seven Bessies in oh, there. Oh, okay. Right. Okay, so like... In theory. Like a Corgi and a Rottweiler being in the same place. They're both dogs, but one is way smaller. Yeah, or it's just a baby. Oh. But not necessarily Bessie's baby. Oh, okay. Just a different baby happening to inhabit the same <laughs> lake as this other lake monster. Yes, but- that sounds far more plausible than Bessie having had a child. I don't want to think about it. Anyway, to this day, the identity of the attacking animal has not been identified, with most fish being ruled out. Though biologists did say that the animal attacked because it was defending its territory and not to get food. So that kind of rules that out. So it might not have been a mean Bessie. It might have just been like... A scared Bessie. Afraid. Or like, I'm defending my house. What are you doing here? Quit stamping on my kids. So let's talk about what Bessie could be. First of all, it could be a giant snake sea animal that's just chilling in the water. Kind of like Nessie. Nope, I can tell you that now. There are a bunch of lake cryptids thought to exist, such as Teedy, Scrooney, Cressy, Mussy, and Peppy, to name a few. So it's possible... Sleepy, sneezy, bashful, and dark. <laughs> and dopey. So it's possible there's an undiscovered creature that exists in many different lakes across the world, and most of them have the same or very similar descriptions. They could be prehistoric creatures that have gone undocumented for this long. Um, A man called David Davies, that is his real name, is a fisheries biologist for the uh, Ohio Division of Wildlife, and he spends most of his time on the lake. And he said that 
it could be something closely related to a dinosaur or possibly a leg sturgeon, which would grow to be. Yeah, like in the Loch Ness one where it was like, it could be a plesiosaur relative. Yeah, or it could be a leg sturgeon, which can grow to be 150 years old and exceed seven feet in length. Wow, I didn't realise they got that big. Yeah, the sturgeon was a really popular fish in that area in the 1800s, but it was fished nearly out of existence, so now it's making a comeback. Could you imagine the caviar from Bessie? Stop it. (laughs) You horror. (laughs) Also, they're a very prehistoric looking fish that resemble their ancestors. They have like bony plates instead of scales that make them look kind of reptilian rather than fish, so it could be. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, it could also be a made-up story to scare people or create tourism or be something created by like the imagination of the sailors because they're just out at sea. Or just for one-upmanship, like, oh, the UK have Nessie. What can we do? Bessie. Cressy. Lessie. Tessie. Yeah. Undressy. Undressy. <laughs> um, on a, the Weird US website, there was a story w- written to Weird Ohio, which is one of the newest sort of in detail stories, I guess, like reports of it. So there's a man called Franklin P. Wainwright, and he recently saw Bessie when he was sleeping on his boat in the lake. He awoke from his sleep when something rubbed against the bottom of his boat, and he suddenly heard a noise. He finds hard to describe, but he said it was kind of like the rushing of water combined with the slap of something against the surface of the lake. Mm-hmm. He grabbed the lantern, and he looked into the water to see a long, thick creature, at least 20 feet long, darting at incredible speed away from the boat. He said it was 30 feet away from the boat by this point, and it disappeared into the water. He also thinks it hit his boat to let him know that he'd like invaded the territory, so he promptly left. And whether she's real or not, she's obviously left an impact on the area, because there's a minor league hockey team named after Bessie, Aww. and a sculpture of her was placed in the nearby <gasps> river, but yes. it was removed after being damaged. No! I'll make another one. Thank you. What do you think of Bessie? I think she's a lake monster and I love her. That's it? That's all you got to say? Yeah. I believe wholeheartedly. I love the lake monsters. They seem so nice. I've not met a mean one so far. I thought this was going to be like like Nessie, but horrible. But no, she's nice. She's lovely. She's she's okay, yeah. No one's got a mean thing to say about these lake monsters, so I'm going to just start calling them lake animals, because they are not monsters at all. They're just large. Let's do the scare scale. How scary do you think Bessie is? Nil. Nil? How dangerous do you think she is? Nil. She could have bit someone. She didn't. One, there was a kid that ended up in hospital because of it. Incorrect. That was a fact. That was a fish. I just didn't want to keep going into the injuries of people that have been imp- like, impacted by Bessie. Nope. It's not Bessie. I'm telling you, I'm rooting for her. Maybe scary too. If I saw her, maybe I would be scared. Danger? None. I'm not afraid of her. It depends whether you see the version where she has red eyes or whether she has those beautiful dashing brown eyes. She has glistening brown eyes, didn't you hear? Yeah, how dangerous? Fine, one. Okay. Likelihood? She She might bite you, but it's not for food. It's because you should not be in the lake. Fair enough. Likelihood? Five. You fully believe in her? She's real. Why not? What are your ideas? Do you think they're all kind of, all of these lake monsters are connected in some way? I think, How do you think they are? Yeah, there could be like her secret lake monster club. How do I get in that? <clears throat> well, you have to swim, which first of all, you fear. So, <laughs> you're not in. <laughs> but also, I think, yeah, maybe they could be similar sort of creatures. Like, how you were saying about 
was it Bigfoot that went from the patch of land that was connected to the other patch of land? Yeah. Maybe something similar to that. If that doesn't make any sense to you, please, please listen to the Bigfoot episode because I cannot explain it that well. When the world was connected, they went from one place to the other place. So now there's Bigfoot sighted in one part of the world and the other part of the world where the world used to connect, basically. Before Pangea. Yeah. So you think that there was once just, that was water, like that area. Yeah, and they were just all sort of, you know, hanging out, chilling, different species of that type of animal. And then the countries moved. And now we have lakes instead. And there's those animals in those lakes. Fair enough. So your idea is prehistoric sea club. Mm-hmm. Prehistoric sea club. I mean, I guess also maybe... Like an eel or a snake. It could just be a big eel. Yeah. yeah. I hate that. I hated admitting that about Nessie as well, but it could be. Yeah, it's entirely possible, to be fair. Is this one amphibious? Because that was the question that we had about Nessie, wasn't it? Honestly, I don't know. Because for the most part, it feels like everyone sees Bessie in the water. But then for two of them, Bessie was just on the land, sort of playing on the beach. Yeah. I think she's mostly in the water, but can come out land if she wants to be. Well, that's part of my questioning, because obviously when people tried to find Nessie, no one was thinking that like she could be amphibious. So she could just not be in the water then when you're looking for her. Would you not see a fucking great big eel, though, on the land, over the hill? Where could she possibly hide if she's like 40 feet long? Possibly, but... I don't know. Might be dark. Fair enough. Would you like to hear some other names of lake monsters? Yeah. Before ta- people take the piss out of me for the amphibian thing, might be dark. Maybe they can come out for like two seasons at a time and they go back, you know? Because I know that people sit there all night and like watch out for Nessie and probably the same with Bessie. She's standing directly behind you. <laughs> Turn around! <laughs> She's right there, you fool! No, I think maybe they could last longer on land than sort of the amphibians we know. Yeah, I mean, if it's a species that doesn't that we don't know exists, I mean, it could literally be anything. It could do anything. It could fly, you have no idea. Yeah, and who's to say they're confined to lakes? Maybe they live in the sea for most of the year. What if... Maybe they flap out with their giant wings we've just decided they have What if fly they... over to the oceans. What if they have, like... Secret tunnels that collect all the lakes to each other so they can See, have like hangout spaces. I was thinking, or what if Nessie is Bessie, is Cressy, is Tessie? <laughs> I was thinking maybe like there could be a tunnel when you said, like, how would they not notice her leaving? But in quite a lot of them, they do the sort of sonar imaging, don't they? So you would be able to see sort of on the reading if there was a, a gap in the rock face. That makes sense. Fair enough. So I know that that's what they did for Nessie for sure. I don't know about Bessie. I don't know if anyone cares if Bessie's real, but I do. People care. I just don't think it's quite as big. That's so sad. I'm so gutted that I'd never heard of Bessie. You I heard of Mugwump? M- who? Mugwump. Isn't that a Pokemon? Whitey. Me. Charlie. <laughs> who? Charlie. Al- also known as Slimy Slim. <laughs> no. <laughs> don't you dare call her that. She's from Idaho. Slimy Slim. Also Champ. Champ. Strong name, that. 
Kipsy. Bear Lake Monster, also known as Isabella. Oh, what a beautiful name. For a beautiful animal. Ichi. Ichi. Yeah. We have that one in England. What? Ichi. Mucky. Mucky. My God. That sounds Ichi. British. It's not. Icky is Irish. Huh. Oh, there was one that was I thought you might find funny, but I've lost it. Oh my God, one of them is just called Devil Whale. No. Don't call him that. Beast of Busco, also known as Oscar the Turtle. <laughs> that sounds like, you know, when you go into the vet and you have to give your pet's real name and you're like, but we just call him this. You know? Yeah, this is Eduardo, but we call him Stinky. Yeah. <laughs> okay, oh, I think we'll wrap up the sea monsters for here then. Yeah, no, it was interesting. I'm, I like hearing about sea monsters. I love them. Or lake monsters, I guess. Water creatures. Noodles. Sea noodles. Water noodles. <laughs> pool noodles. Anyway, if you like this podcast for some reason, please give us a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, though we don't really use that one quite as much, at Myths Magic Pod. And if you want to help us out with the show, help us stay funded, then you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Murder. There are no tiers on Patreon, so you just pay as much or as little as you want. It can be less than Spotify. We don't mind. We just like to know that you guys like the show and we are entirely self-funded. So we want to make this our job one day. Please help us out. As well as that, if you've got any terrifying tales, spooky stories or haunted happenings, you can email them to us over on mythsmagicandmurder at gmail.com. Also, did we announce that we hit 10,000 downloads? Oh my goodness, no we didn't. Thank you so much. Yeah, we hit that like two episodes ago, but I've just realised I don't think we ever announced it. So thank you so much for tuning in every week. We love you. That felt very sincere. Is that too soon? Oh my god. Should I have taken you to dinner first? Alright, Kate, you're going to go straight into yours? Might as well. My sources are lifescience.com, cryptidswithz.fandom.com, supreme, allthatsinteresting.com, mongoliatravelguide.com, thoughtcatalog.com, ancientorigins.net, forvo.com, natgeo.tv.com, downthechupacabrahole.com, and Wikipedia. Down the ch- I'm so excited to learn about this worm. I have no idea what it could be. Big giant death worm. So, let's get right into the Mongolian death worm. Or as it's known in Mongolia, the... Death worm. Olhai Katai. That seemed like you really thought about it. I honestly really tried there. I'm so sorry if I butchered it. Does that translate directly to death worm? It literally translates to large intestine worm. Hit their nail on the head by the sounds of it. Mm -hmm. Sounds like a horror movie cryptid, but what is it really? Well, it's pretty much a horror movie cryptid from everything I read. The first person to write and send in their account of the Mongolian deathworm was Professor Roy Chapman Andrews in the 1920s, who interestingly was one of the inspirations for the Indiana Jones franchise. Wow, that's interesting. Back in 1922, the Mongolian Prime Minister called it a two-foot-long sausage with no head or legs that is so poisonous that if you touched it, you'd instantly die. Oh, to be a Mongolian death worm. (laughs) Two feet. That's pretty big. Yeah, for a worm. I imagine it to be bigger. Well... But that's still impressive. It depends on who you ask, pretty much. The accounts range from two to seven feet. So a huge difference, honestly, just ginormous. Seven feet is 
pretty pretty heckin' big for a worm. It's I mean two foot's big for a worm. What a foot is big for a worm. Half a foot is ginormous for a worm. More than five centimeters. I don't know. How anyway, big worms are. another description was from Ivan McCurl, who was involved in the Loch Ness searches. He travelled to Mongolia three times in search of this elusive worm. <laughs> anyway, the description I wish that was me. Was from his book Mongolian Mystery. Here, it's called a sausage-like worm, over half a meter long and as thick as a man's arm, resembling the intestine of a cattle. Its skin serves as an exoskeleton, molting whenever hurt. Its tail is short, as if it were cut off, but not tapered. It's difficult to tell its head from its tail because it has no visible eyes, nostrils, or mouth. Oh no. I don't think I like the sound of it. I'm going to just see what it looks like. Oh, you might not want to. It's horrific. Will it give me nightmares? Oh! (laughs) Real-time reaction. (laughs) Oh! Oh, I don't think I like it. Finally, Carl Schuker, a British biologist, described it as a large, fat worm, up to one metre or three feet, long and dark red in colour, with spike-like projections at both ends. It spends much of its time hidden beneath the desert sands, but whenever one is spotted lying on the surface, it's scrupulously avoided by the locals. Which I think is so rude. But they avoid it? You, no, you can't call a worm fat. Oh, right. Maybe it's trying to lose weight. Maybe it's big boned. Worms don't have bones, do they? I don't know what worms got. Maybe it's big skinned. Leave it alone. Anyway, what's your thoughts on the view of... A Mongolian death worm. It reminds me a little bit of the Demogorgon from Stranger Things. Honestly, I can't remember what that looks like. Like its little flowery head. Oh, yeah. Kind of like what Vileplume from Pokemon looks like. What? Except connected to a red sausage. It's. It looks like an intestine. Uh, is that what intestines look like? Get these out of me right now. <laughs> you need them to live. The reason it's called a large intestine worm is pretty self-explanatory. The creature is all bright red, like blood, and is the shape and form of a deadly large intestine. This has made me feel kind of sick, and I think I want to stop. Although apparently the death worm didn't always have a blood red colour. Legend goes that it originally laid eggs in the intestines of a camel, and henceforth absorbed the colour, as in like the hue, and now it's blood red. Ew. (laughs) Yeah. When I told you I was doing the Mongolian death worm, why did you not think it would be gross? Because I was thinking of the Alaskan bullworm from Spongebob. (laughs) I told you not to. It's big, pink, scary, and it's in the tunnel, and it's got big, nice eyes. If this this one one... had googly eyes, it'd be okay looking. (laughs) This one does not have googly eyes. There's some argument about what the head-like end of the Mongolian death worm looks like. Some say it's just a hole, but others say it has a spike-like end that enables the death worm to spew its yellow venom from a distance. Other people say that it's a fully functional mouth with rows of sharp, inward-pointing teeth. That's not the only weapon in its arsenal, though. It can also discharge a lethal amount of electricity from its body, from beneath the surface of the sand. Electricity? Yeah. You could use the Mongolian death worm to power your house. Finally, sustainable electricity. Just tape the Mongolian death worm to your phone (laughs) to charge it. It's not very ethical. Also, you literally can't touch it. 
What about with a glove? Big glove versus one worm. What if I befriend it and we have like a mutually beneficial relationship? Like I give it some food and in return it gives me electricity. Well, it eats livestock and humans, so. Mm, that's going to be a problem. Yeah. I don't want it to eat me and I don't stock meat in my house. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the electricity thing was supposedly found out by a geologist who saw it and tried to defend himself with a metal rod. You can see where it went from there. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't use metal against electricity. I guess, how would you know, though? If yeah. you see a worm, are you not going to think, oh, that's electric? Spiky electric worm. <laughs> this isn't Pokemon. You wouldn't think that. No, you wouldn't. Apparently, the Mongolian death worm lives beneath the sand in the outermost regions of the Gobi Desert. And although no one can agree whether it's the far south, the far west, or both, I personally would prefer it if it was only one rather than both because I want less of a death worm population, really. We just won't go to Mongolia. Maybe I want to someday. Well, then keep an eye out. You'll be all right. <laughs> I'll just stick to the east of the Gobi Desert if I go. Be. <laughs> <laughs> This being said, it can't be too bad because sightings are only super common in June and July because it hibernates for 10 months of the year. And some say it only comes out of the ground when the surface is wet. The only way to see if there's a death worm headed your way is from the waves of sand appearing on the surface as it travels. If all of this wasn't weird enough, it's also attracted to the colour yellow, so I'm doomed. So I guess don't wear yellow if you find yourself wandering around the Gobi Desert. Yeah, you you die. Everything you own is yellow. I mean, most. Yeah, like 80% of my wardrobe now. People believe that the death worm hates yellow because once there was a small boy playing with his bright yellow ball, which caught the worm's attention. Then the boy approached the worm and stroked it. Oh no. Then within seconds, the boy died. His parents eventually found him and recognised the post-mortem symptoms as that of the death worm. Why the worm so mad? Then went searching for the worm in revenge and were never seen again. Searching for the worm in revenge. Yeah, they want to kill it because it killed their son. Wow. Yeah. It's such a specific animal, if true. Right? I don't think the death worm is angry, by the way. It's just sort of protecting itself? No, it's just coated. It's skin if you touch it you die it's poisonous so is this a cryptid yeah or does it exist i will get there lady. all right okay because when i googled it it seemed like it existed there's no photographic proof of the mongolian death worm and from what i found every expedition to try and find the creature has come back with no success however allegedly russian scientists uncovered a dead specimen in 1972 has since disappeared and is now rumoured to be hidden in the basement of a Russian museum. Interesting. So all the photos I just saw weren't real? No, they're just like CGI. Right, they just looked very good. Yeah. So I wasn't sure. Yeah. Ivan, who I mentioned earlier, was inspired by a sci-fi novel when he tried to, on one of the many occasions to find the worm and thought that maybe it was attracted to the rhythmic vibrations, so he made a motor-generated thumping machine. Nothing happened, so they gave up and went home, and he concluded the creature wasn't real. Another team working for the National Geographic 
tried to capture footage of the worm by installing cameras in the desert overnight. I watched the little video. There wasn't much found. Uh, one of the cameras knocked over by a cow. And then he started doing a photo shoot. The cow? Yeah. <laughs> he just Dad. stood over the camera like, what this? It was sweet, really. That's awesome. Nice. Yeah, this guy got so excited. He was like, oh my god, what is that? And then it was just a cow. So, <laughs> But one of the cameras was completely electrically fried. Oh, Could be the worm. It could be the worm. This death worm is very unlikely to actually be a worm. In general, the desert is too hot for worms to survive, according to worm experts. Some do live in sand, though, like the giant beach worm in Australia. It could be a carnivorous amphisbynid, or bainid, instead. This is just a limbless lizard that thrives in warm temperatures under the surface of the ground. The most notable family of the amphisbynid, local to Mongolia, is the trogonophid. These are found in North Africa and the Arabian Peninsula and western Iran. However, this wouldn't explain them shooting venom at prey, and is still a bit of a stretch to get from here to Mongolia. Alternatively, it could match the death adder, spitting cobra or poisonous sand boa, which are snakes, obviously, found relatively nearby. But they're not bright red, and you don't die if you touch them. They can spit venom a couple feet, but I think it's a bit hard to mistake a giant snake for a worm. Yeah, I think it's hard to mistake an animal you've probably seen a few times for something that is completely different, I guess. Yeah. Equally as well, if it wasn't a worm, there would probably be a spine. So if one died, a researcher would have found one by now. Fair, yeah, that's true. It could possibly be a prehistoric polychates, polychates. I don't know how to pronounce that. Sorry, I did try. This was an aquatic worm. Now, I know what you're thinking. Gobi Desert's a desert. With the water. Yeah. But it was once an inland sea, and it could match the reasoning why they only come out when the surface is wet. Ooh, that's interesting. But they've evolved over the years to be able to live under the sand. But yeah. When the Centre for Fortean Zoology sent out an expedition in 2005... They found nothing after crossing a thousand miles at the Gobi, so they ended up thinking that the worm was just a type of worm lizard, and all the stories of its acid and electricity were doubtful. So that is the Mongolian deathworm. Whenever we talk about cryptids, I get determined to go and find them. Like, I want to be a cryptid hunter. <laughs> I think I might just pack up all my stuff. It's so specific. And just go out there and be like, I'm going to find the Mongolian deathworm, then I'm going to prove Nessie's real, then Bessie, then Tessie. <laughs> Then, what was his name? Like Trevor the Giant Turtle or something? Oscar the Turtle or something. <laughs> so what do you think? I think that it sounds absolutely horrifying. But yep. possible. Yeah. I think I believe it. Because there are so many stories of people talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell whether it's like... You know those horror stories that go around? And it's like, for example, the spider in the tampon story, right? And everyone's like, oh, it was my friend's cousin. You know? Yes. It's hard to tell if the Mongolian death worm is like, oh yeah, this one time my 
wife's sister's cousin's niece, I don't even know what relation that would be, saw this death worm and ran, you know? Yeah. It could be, like, word of mouth. Yeah, I know what you mean. I feel like that could definitely be possible. I don't know. I feel like it could exist. Right? I don't think I want it to, because it's a bit freaky. But I think it definitely could. I think it's definitely possible. I quite like the idea of it being a prehistoric water thing, animal, that just kind of adapted to the desert lifestyle. The aquatic worm. Thank you, yeah. It's okay. Sorry, wet worm was not (laughs) what I was trying to go for. Wet noodle. Yeah, Yeah, I think that could make sense, but... I mean, it could easily just be made up or it could be made up to, like, scare your kids or whatever if you Mm -hmm. didn't want them going out. But I think the idea that they come out at such specific times, at such specific parts of the year, what would be the point? Right. Why would you be like, yeah, there's an animal that exists and it's horrific, but don't worry, it's only out in June and July when the water is, when the sand is wet. Yeah, right. You just wouldn't bother. Yeah, if you're trying to scare your kids, you'd be like, they're out every day. Every time, past 9pm. The Mongolian yeah. death worms out, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't be like, Oh yeah, in June. Exactly. Yeah, June and July, when the water's wet on a full moon every other Thursday. Yeah. <laughs> right, how scary do you think it is? I think they're a solid like three maybe, because I think that they are if they're real, they're probably gonna look kinda horrific. Mm-hmm. True. And they can do a lot of weird stuff. True. But he's also you could probably just walk away from it. Well, they can spit venom like a fair way, apparently. But if you see one in the distance, you'd probably just run the other way, right? Also, they're in the desert, so just won't go. Well, yeah. Yeah, you can just not go to the desert, but you're a in bit... In June and July. You're a bit screwed if you live there. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. But I think... I'm not sure how quick they move, because obviously... You know the kind of moral of the story is if you see it, you die. So there aren't that there aren't really accounts of it happening. True, yeah. I didn't so think I don't of know that. if you can outrun it or not. Because I was just thinking, if I see it, I'll just turn around. Yeah, but like other people might have thought that, and now they're dead. Oh my god. Yeah. Sorry, Mongolia. I'm not visiting. How scary do you think it is now? Five. <laughs> How dangerous? Uh, I think it's probably about five. <laughs> I think it's probably about the maximum number. Um, It scares me, honestly. It doesn't scare me, but it would be a big threat. Yeah. If I saw it, I'd probably be like, I'm about to die. I would really question if I needed to go to the Gobi Desert. Yeah, just in case you saw it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't want to be wrong. I'm like, hey, I've planned a trip for the Gobi Desert on June. I'm sweating profusely. <laughs> oh, the sand's wet, that's weird. wonder what animals we'll see. Oh my god, I'm going to throw up. What's the likelihood that it exists? Three. Okay. Because I feel like it definitely could exist. I feel like it's an animal that could exist. Mm -hmm. It doesn't feel really far-fetched. It doesn't feel like, why has no one seen this? Because it's not huge. It's big for a worm, if that's what it is. But it's not like the Jersey Devil. Yeah. Where it's a massive flying animal that you know, for somehow has now not been seen. 
Yeah. If it's in the desert and it's underground, it could definitely exist. And if people keep keep dying when they come in contact with it, it would make sense as to why it hasn't been found. Especially if it's a worm and it's not leaving a skeleton. Like I could definitely see it existing. Oh yeah, for sure. And like the Gobi Desert is vast. Yeah, exactly. But equally, I don't want to give it a five because I don't know for sure. Yeah, you're not hellbent. Also, there's no photos and no, you know, skeleton. I guess there wouldn't be if it was a worm, but you know what I mean? There's no proof. There's no hard proof. Yeah, there's more proof for, like, Bigfoot than there is for this worm. Yeah. Whether it's reputable or not. It's no still... comment. What other ideas, if not the worm? The worm. Uh, scary stories. Yeah. Maybe something to try and get the press involved what would that be phrased as so like nat geo went there that's a pretty big deal um does that so make sense for publicity yeah like you know publicity stunt there's a giant deadly worm actually yeah, that wouldn't make any sense because then people wouldn't go through the desert because they wouldn't want to see this worm a lot of people have tried to go to find it oh the movie yeah i mean i guess it doesn't really bring in tourism but i'm not sure exactly how much tourism the Gobi Desert has. Yeah, fair enough. Maybe they made it up so that people would go in search for it and they might make some videos or get on TV and just kind of might make it a bit more. I'm going to write it down, but one thing is the people that have tried to explore the area and find the worm, when speaking to the locals, they are super cagey about it. They do not want to talk about this worm. They are petrified. Yeah. Oh. Okay, that kind of changes that a little bit. We'll keep it on though, just because it is an idea. Oh yeah, but but yeah, no, they're just like, Mm-mm, not talking about this worm today. Nope, go away. Fair enough. Yeah. Oh yeah, Spooked I feel like that makes it more believable yeah. when the locals are afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Anything else? We got scary stories and publicity stunt. Not really. Honestly, I think it's just a worm. You don't think it's an aquatic worm? Yeah, but that's is that not on? Yeah. Yeah, it's a different idea. Oh, right, because we already discussed that. (laughs) Sorry, my bad. All right. These pesky scare scales. I know, there's so much effort. God, we have to talk to each other. Ugh. Disgusting. (laughs) Well, if you want to support our show, then what can you do, Ab? You can give us a review on iTunes. Holla holla. That would be very beneficial because it helps other people find the show. Thank you very much for listening. And don't listen before bed. Listen before bed.